Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Like vampires. Take a stand and say that. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Welcome back. Hello. It's time for another episode of Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions. Keanu Wright. That's what we're doing. Wouldn't it be Keanu damn right? Yeah, I suppose it would. Keanu damn right. I find it interesting that this episode came up right now. Really? Because I'm currently trying to find a new roommate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you, you know what's horrible? Do tell. Looking for a new fucking roommate is awful. It can't be as bad as looking for a new job. I would rather be job hunting. (laughs) Whoa. Big words from a big man. Not that I would know. You're actually several inches shorter than me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> to be fair, I'm six inches shorter than you. <laughs> that many, huh? I'm 5'9". You're 6'3". Oh, man. I know. I forget how freakishly tall you are all the time. It's been a while since I've done the math. <laughs> well, I did it recently because Ben Affleck is 6'4", and he is... Uh, the tallest person to ever play Batman, and Michael Keaton is 5'9", my height, and he's the shortest person to ever play Batman. Ah. Oh, that's special. <laughs> we run the gambit of the height of Batmans. Together we make all of the Batmans. To be fair, though, canonically, the the height of Batman is 6'1", so therefore you're too tall and I'm too short. Does that mean we need to have Batman babies? No. <laughs> I don't like that idea at all. Fine. I'll find some other 5'9 man to go raise bat babies with. You know what that means, right? I do not. If you're raising a bat baby, that means you fucking die when they're like nine. I mean, the the future's not written, Marty. Okay? <laughs> That's what it is. That's what happens. That's what creates it, Batman. It's really just not a good idea to have to have that much information about your future. I really need you to stop talking right now. You're ruining this movie for me. (laughs) We're not watching a movie. Sure we are, Rex. I'm the star of my own movie. All right, you poor bastards. We put you through 15 minutes of an opening last episode. (laughs) Yeah. The the least we can do is expedite this opening. So I've been working on video games again recently, and I've been sleeping like a motherfucking baby. I, I don't know why that's relevant. I just felt like telling everybody. Wee! I haven't been sleeping all that well. Oh my god, I've been sleeping amazing. It's amazing, Rex. I've been having the kind of sleep where you go to bed and you wake up and you don't really feel like a whole lot of time has passed, even though you've been asleep for eight hours. That's weird. It is weird. It's also awful because you're like, man, I want to sleep more because I feel like I didn't sleep at all, but I, it's been eight hours. One time I was at a summer camp and... It was the weirdest damn thing while we're doing a great job of expediting this opening. But I I literally laid my head down 
And then my alarm went off and I looked up and it was light out. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, that's what's fucking been happening to me. That's creepy. I don't like it. That's like... I don't like it. That's like you just got abducted by aliens. That's not sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Note, also relevant to this episode. Right? (laughs) They're demons, okay? (laughs) They're interdimensional. Therefore, they are, in fact, aliens. That's very interesting. The power's in your hands here, Rex. It's time for a mom synopsis. Is it time for a mom synopsis? Yes. Or are you going to ask me nicely? Gosh, Josh, how about a mom synopsis? Oh, my God. (laughs) Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Why can't you be polite as your friend Rex over here? That's because in lieu of being polite, I prefer to be honest, which is almost never polite. Yeah, whatever, Joshua, that sounds about like you. (laughs) You never answered my question. What are you doing, Joshua? Well, obviously, uh, I just got back from buying shackles. As a self-respecting bachelor, I will probably need these. Are you listening to Xander again? You know what I told you about (laughs) listening to Xander. And taking love life advice from him, I know. I'm very ashamed of myself. Is that your sarcastic voice, Joshua? (laughs) I don't even know anymore. To be fair, though, it's the one valid point she has. (laughs) don't take love advice from xander okay yeah yeah that's a good point what is buffy doing i mean i know milk is good for you but why is she just guzzling it and spilling it everywhere and she's not being very polite to her roommate i I see where you're getting it from these television shows are very bad influences (laughs) on you joshua Yeah, they really are. I must have learned every way of being that I have from Buffy, and I'm not ashamed of it. So Buffy's glurping this milk and just making my stomach turn just thinking about it. I'm lactose intolerant, you see. Glub, glub. (laughs) No, we're not doing that. Anyway. That's the first thing that popped into my head when you said she's glurping milk. So Buffy's fighting with a roommate. They're getting into a bunch of those little iconic passive-aggressive fights that everybody gets into the first time they have a roommate. And in fact, sometimes for the rest of their lives with whoever they're living with for whatever reason. Some people marry them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Buffy gets attacked by a demon, and it turns out her roommate is one of these demons. But everybody thinks she's crazy because she's basing her assumption about her demonhood on some toenail clippings, which sounds crazy. Turns out, nope. Just listen to Buffy and she'll kill the demons. You let her do her slayer work and shut up. Yeah. Her roommate gets taken back to the demon dimension she ran away from. And Willow moves in instead because she had a shitty roommate too. And everybody lives happily ever after until the next episode when we find out what happens again on episode three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Getting way ahead of yourself. A little bit. That's very interesting, Joshua. When are you going to be a better roommate to me? (laughs) The day that I can afford to move out, Mom. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. Sun goes down, 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 down
Cold open? Cold open to a song I fucking hate. Yeah? Is that I f- bad? I fuck... First off, I don't particularly like Celine Dion, but this song, I fucking hate this song. I guess I didn't realize that was Celine Dion, but that makes sense. It's Celine Dion, Have You Ever Been In Love? It's not on my list of songs that I despise. I worked in a fucking grocery store. My first job, had it for three years, worked in a grocery store, and this song played at least three or four times a week. That's the Menards theme song for me. I cannot fucking stand that stupid theme song. I don't know how big of a franchise Menards is, but we have this home improvement warehouse center in Michigan called Menards. And I worked there for about five months and they played their fucking theme song (laughs) on the inner over the intercom every three minutes. Everybody in the store was so brainwashed over this shit. I was like, doesn't that shit drive you crazy, man? And they're like, I don't even hear it anymore. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) You're institutionalized. (laughs) Exactly. I don't ever want to be you. (laughs) But the perks are so great, man. (laughs) We get free gifts every month. Indeed, I still have a... Well, several of them broke, but I had a free set of glasses, like drinking glasses. All I can think of is, you can be one of us. One of us. I feel one like the- of us. I don't wanna. One of us. <laughs> one of us. Is there free booze at least? No. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, um, Kathy and Buffy are hanging out in the dorm, listening to Celine Dion. Kathy's doing the number one thing that proves that she is pure evil <laughs> and ironing her jeans. Ironing jeans. You know, I didn't even realize that's what she was ironing, but yeah, that's not necessary. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I had no idea she's actually the demon at the end of the episode. And I was just like, Wow, Buffy's really making a mountain out of a molehill here. Like, I think Kathy's really nice. She's definitely, in the very beginning, like, out of the gate when we first got introduced to her last episode, she's definitely passive-aggressive. Yeah, she's definitely displaying passive-aggressive tendencies and a little bit of a busybody and kind of doing the same uh, mom attitude that Willow was doing last episode. Yeah. And definitely trying to micromanage things with the, you need to log your calls. I'm sorry. I don't think a landline was that nitpicky in the late 90s that you needed to log your calls so that you could keep track of the phone bill. I legitimately think that what she would have done is calculated the number of calls she made and the number of calls Buffy made and used that as the percentage of what you pay on the bill. Oh, dear God. No. That's how I read it. It's a flat fucking rate deal. Yeah, you cut it 50-50. Yeah. No, that's like horse shit. I use the internet a fuck ton more than my roommate. Uh-huh. I'm highly addicted to the internet. We still both pay the equal amount. But it is still available. Exactly. Just as much to your roommate. Yep. So there's no point in nitpicking like that. Anyway. <laughs> I was just like, Buffy, why are you so miffed? She's a normal girl. You wanted a normal life, right? Well, this is what it would be like. So soak it up, buttercup. (laughs) Hey, hey, Josh. What? How does it feel to be very wrong? (laughs) Right at the beginning. Completely, totally wrong. 
I mean, if she hadn't been a demon, <laughs> it would have been fine. There's lots of people like that that aren't technically demons. Yeah. I mean, Willow's roommate in this episode. Right? Yeah. They're just party animals, and you don't hear Willow complaining about it at all. Yeah. But she should. <laughs> she um, really should have. Buffy is going to go out patrolling, and of course, like what you said, Kathy is being the mom type, and be like, where are you going? What you doing? Uh-huh. Why are you going to have coffee so late? I didn't know that you were going to be leaving at all times of the night, but, you know, I mean, that's okay. I just... Like, if it was okay, then you just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Just like with the drinking the milk. If it didn't bother her, she wouldn't have brought it up. Yep. I really enjoyed the the mixing of idioms here, or homilies, <laughs> if you will. Kathy's telling Buffy about writing down the call logs, and she starts to say the old, A stitch in time, which is supposed to end, saves nine. As in, you know, if you stitch the hole now, it won't get bigger and you won't have to stitch it later yep. with more stitches. And Buffy cuts her off and finishes it with, catches the worm. <laughs> That's called a malifor, by the way. A malifor. Oh, mixing of metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that. I do too. I think it's probably because Joss Whedon was a huge influence on us at an early age. Yes. I think my favorite, though, is we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. I love mixing anything like... Well, there's certainly not the sharpest crayon in the shed. <laughs> Anything like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we cut to campus where Buffy and Willow are talking about Kathy. Of course. Hey, at least they're not talking about boys. You know, I thought that. And <laughs> I was like, this is refreshing that Buffy doesn't have a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's plenty of other times when they're with flying colors passing the Bechdel test, but we don't generally pick those out. I only tend to notice when they're not passing the Bech... Is it Bechdel or Bechdel? We talked about it, but I didn't know how it was pronounced. Oh, well, we said Bechdel, but um, due to recent findings, I believe it to be Bechdel. So moving <laughs> along. I did like that Buffy called uh, Kathy Mini Mom of Momdonia. <laughs> she said mommiest mom ever to mom her way out of mom land that's what they're saying there. that's joyce oh yeah my bad that's why kathy's the mini mom <clears throat> excuse me boys <laughs> oh god i think you're forgetting somebody shit it's like beetlejuice we said mom too many times <laughs> be gone foul mom <laughs> i'll just be in the kitchen let me know if you need some snacks <laughs> thanks mom God. Anyway. <laughs> God damn it. Because Willow is talking about how Buffy thought she was past the whole having to sneak out of her room and, and all that. And, oh, yeah. And lay low because she kind of had it last year through high school was like the best year because she didn't have to do all that. And her mom just had to accept that she's the slayer. Uh-huh. And so I, I just I like that that new change dynamic back to the the old ways of like having to sneak about but somehow she's worse at it now <laughs> right yeah well i mean because they sleep in the same damn room she didn't sleep in the same room with her mom at least yeah true yeah she'd be like, <laughs> oh i'm going to bed close door <laughs> jump out window how can we add conflict that she thought she'd gotten over a long time ago buffy 
You made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Buffy thinks she's he- she hears something and she's like, oh, I heard something. And Willow's like, I'm chewing my gum pretty loud. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's not that. Well, my shoes are kind of squeaky. <laughs> yeah, I forget about that. Willow, something lurky. <laughs> and as soon as she said that, I'm like, well, it's not Angel. <laughs> He's in L.A. He does lurk, though. He does. It wouldn't surprise me if he finds time to come back and lurk some more, just for old time's sake. I don't think he'd be able to keep himself from inserting himself into the broody drama no, he, of Sunnydale like, if he did that. Here's the thing. The moment you start l- lurking, you're just the smallest step from busting into the room going, Buffy, there's a problem. <laughs> like, one is the gateway, and the other one is inevitable at that point. Yeah, it's all or nothing. You really got to quit the lurking cold turkey. Yeah. Or, you know, find another object of lurkiness. Which he pretty much did. That's why he's in L.A. Yeah. He's lurking about L.A. like he should. He is. Being all broody off in the distance. Anyway, they part ways. Uh, they said something funny about uh, we put the girl in girl. I I so almost expected her to say ger arg. I know. I did, too. So it's a time of change, and they need to be more accepting of others. Blah, blah. Yabbity, yabbity. <laughs> yabbity, yabbity. <laughs> Hey, hey, boo-boo. Willow wishes Buffy happy hunting. Buffy says, wish me monsters. Monsters granted, Buffy. Yeah, monsters granted. But the monster that shows up first that Buffy sees isn't the actual monster. We do get to see a monster lurking in the shadows. It is an actual monster, but it's not the true villain of the episode. I tried looking this up. I want to fucking know how they did the glowing eyes for these people. Right? Yeah, it was a really cool effect. And I'm I'm very curious how they did it. In 1999 technology, there's only a couple of ways I could think to get that effect. And once you do that, you can't see. <laughs> there's no way the actors who have the glowing eyes can see shit. Maybe it was just a, a CG after effect with special contacts. It's definitely not an after effect. It's definitely an in-camera effect. It, their eyes are literally glowing. Weird. Well, we should call them and find out. I tried finding it online, but I had no luck. If you happen to know how they did this, give us a call. But call Rex's personal phone number. No. No one is calling my personal phone number. All right. Well, tell me what your personal phone number is real quick so that I can inform people not to call it. This is very important. Don't make me look it up. Do you think I was born under a rock? I'm just going to look it up. I can do that kind of thing. So don't call two two three. Don't call that number. I will be pissed if you actually put it. I know you wouldn't, but I would be so pissed. Um, I'll beep it out. <laughs> Instead, you should call 269-743-0783. Thank you. That's right, buddy. Oh, is Wesley here? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we get the opening credits and then the thing that lurks in the dark, it's not a monster. It's something worse. It's Kathy. Oh, no. She's kind of scary. Do you know many Kathys? 
you know, I've only known two Cathy's and I worked with both of them. It was never a pleasant experience. I don't know that I've met a, a nice. No, that that's a lie. I've met plenty of nice Cathy's, but they're the kind of nice that this Cathy is. Yeah, it's not a good nice. No, it's a passive aggressive nice. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize if your name is Kathy and you're not passive aggressive and annoyingly nice. I make absolutely no apologies at all. So Kathy decided a decaf <laughs> latte sounds amazing and she's there to protect Buffy, which just warms my cold dead heart nearly to tears. I was just like, oh my God, Buffy, how can you say such terrible things about this woman? She's just trying to be your friend. She's just lonely, and she's got some weird idiosyncrasies, so she ran away from a demon dimension and wants to steal your soul. I don't see what the problem is. (laughs) You weren't using it that you know of. That she knows of. Absolutely not. (sighs) I mean, do you really need to blow your breath on glass and have automatic doors open for you? I think you don't. (laughs) That's a deep pull. Thank you for that one. That's a Simpsons reference. Yes, it is. It's an original Simpsons (laughs) reference where Bart loses his soul. Specifically, he sells it to Millhouse. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway. So, Kathy... uh, So, Buffy pushes Kathy out of the way, right? Yeah. Like, immediately, because there's this demon attacking them. And it takes Kathy the entire fight to get up. Which is probably fabricated in retrospect. Yeah, but she landed face first in a fucking bush. Yeah, bushes are not comfy. No. I made out in one one time, and... <laughs> Why were you in a bush I mean, making it, out with someone? It was memorable, but not necessarily the best idea. We were <laughs> we were drunk and walking around downtown, and there was a bush, and we You're fell, like, we fell in the bush. in the bush. Making out. What? So you were making out then ended up in the bush? Yeah, we didn't, like, peel back the bushes and... Yeah, it was not premeditated bush kissing. So, I don't know. When they walked away, she's like, oh, and you ruined my sweater. And I was just like, really? That's what you're worried about? Also, how ruined is a sweater just because it got dirty? Yeah. Come on. Okay, maybe there's, like, a grass stain on it or something, but I don't know. That's just a level of finicky that I never understood. Yeah. Anyway, creepy blue eyes, wrinkled face, runs off. Almost kind of had a uh, Freddy Krueger-esque-ness to their faces. Yeah, a little bit. But Buffy explains it away as him being a mugger that was trying to take her backpack, and... uh, Why the fuck didn't Buffy at this moment just be like, oh, I know martial arts, I know how to fight? Yeah, that probably would have been the best route to go. Well, no, because she's supposed to be all... Secret identity girl. Secret identity girl. So I guess not letting anybody know that she can fight is part of that. And that kind of makes sense. I Personally, I think the idea is dumb. Just on the grounds that there's no way in hell she would ever be able to just fake not being able to. Yeah. Like, once, once you have a certain level of skill at that sort of thing alters how you do literally anything that involves moving your body it's not gonna out her to say that she knows how to fight all else fails she could fucking claim it's like tai chi or something (laughs) and like not what most people would think is a real martial art even though tai chi is a real martial art and if you're really good at tai chi you can actually kick some fucking ass 
Good to know. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has some wings. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. All right, so we cut to the uh, to the dude that Buffy just fought with another blue-eyed, wrinkly-faced dude. Yep, and they're talking about the one. Maybe they're the one. Well, they're like, is it really her? But, you know, in weird demon language that I'm not even going to try to imitate. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Guess we better chase her. Yes, Master, anything you say, basically, what's going on there. Yep. Cut to Giles's place. Cut to Giles's personal fucking courtyard. Was this was his house, right? No, it is the courtyard of his apartment building. Because oh. I saw there. If you watch, I thought the he scene, lived in a house. No, he lives in an apartment. If you watch the scene, there's a couple of angles that they show where you can see other apartments. Okay, it's just a really fucking nice little apartment building. It is. I mean, still. Okay, it's an apartment complex. That makes slightly more sense. But the staircase leading up from this outdoor courtyard still looks like an indoor staircase. Like it was fine-grained, polished, stained wood that you would expect to see indoors. Like it would get ruined by the rain really fast. Maybe maybe someone on the prop team was dumb. Yeah, I think it's just soundstage weirdness. Yeah. Like, it's not something you would actually find it, outside. I would fucking love to have this little courtyard, though. Oh, yeah. But Puffy's checking Giles's mail. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because she finds the motorcycle magazine. She's yep. all ragging on him because he just got back from a run and he likes motorcycles. And she's like, you're not having a midlife crisis, are you? Because I'm still going bleh from the last time. And he's like, that's too far, Buffy. I'm like, damn, you're being really hard on Giles here, Buffy. Yep. When you're middle-aged, taking care of yourself is really fucking important, and it only gets more difficult to do, so you should really be applauding him. Yeah, Buffy tells Giles about the demon that she came across. Yeah, Giles says he'll look it up. Then Buffy's being like, oh, what are you doing today? Giles starts to answer her, and then halfway through, he's like, you've never once asked me what I'm up to. <laughs> Well, it's because she didn't ever need to. He was being the librarian and her watcher and drinking tea and sleeping and then wash, rinse, repeat, because that's literally all he had time to do. Yeah. So I feel like that was a legit question, but he's basing this on the fact that she's never asked him anything like that ever before. So something must be up. And he's not wrong, though. Because something is up. She just doesn't want to fucking go hang out with her roommate. Well, of course he's not wrong. He's Giles. <laughs> so Giles guides her to be more accepting of Kathy, and she's like, okay. Yeah, Buffy's avoiding Kathy. Giles is like, suck it up, buttercup. And Buffy's like, you're right. I'm going to go be an awesome roommate. And the look on Giles's face is pure skepticism. Then we cut to Buffy and Kathy's dorm, where Kathy is not being an awesome roommate. No. Giles' skepticism is well-founded. Yes. She's going through Buffy's shit, presumably to find a sweater because she's she thinks Buffy owes her a sweater at this point, I guess. Yeah, you're welcome for saving your life. Jeez. Yeah. So, but instead she finds Buffy's bag of crosses and stakes and a crossbow. And apparently doesn't seem to think too fucking much about it. 
Well, imagine directing this scene knowing how it ends. It's like, okay, so we want the audience to think that you're looking at these going, this is odd and weird, and boy, Buffy's a freak, but what you're really thinking is, hmm, this is nothing new. I'm 3,000 years old. I can't believe the Slayer has stakes and a crossbow. I mean, what do you really think she was thinking when she saw this shit? I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't either. Does she know that Buffy's the Slayer? I don't think so. Yeah, I can't tell. Like, if she did know that she was the Slayer, I don't think she would have tried to steal her soul. Because she probably would have known that she'd have gotten fucked up. Yeah, I think she'd have been like, huh, maybe I'll choose another target. Right? Anyway, so we cut to the lunch line. Rocket Cafe. Apparently, they're where Buffy cuts in line in front of Parker. Or uh, Evil Xander, as I like to call him. Yeah, definitely Evil Xander. The guy who nice guy Xandered and didn't grow out of it. Yeah. Well, that was my first impression of him anyway. Not entirely sure how I feel about that after his last appearance in the episode but definitely this is the version of xander that would have existed if the scoobies hadn't whipped him into something recognizable as a human being yeah 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 this is what xander would have become had he been left unchecked completely so he's like are you hiding from your ex-boyfriend or a loan shark and she's like why not both why not (laughs) (laughs) and he's like oh no you're fine cutting in line and i'll watch your back and, and then he does. He sure he certainly does. Now, this was warranted when Xander checked out Cordelia's ass cuz they were fucking dating. Yeah. Um even though I don't think they ever slept yeah. together. Oh well. The, um the shitty fucking part about this is is I've been Parker. Oh, we've all I've... checked out a stranger's ass. If you disagree, you're lying. But there was just something skeezy about the way that went down. Well, he didn't just check out her ass. He looked at her ass and, like, cocked his head and bit his lip. Oh, man, I wasn't even looking that close. But that doesn't surprise me at all. Up in the lunch line, he teaches her how to steal food. Yeah, so it turns out he's like a first world street urchin (laughs) giving her advice on how to hoard his daddy's money while gorging on cafeteria goods that he's squirreled away for the day so that he only has to swipe his card once. He does very slightly look like a live action version of Disney's Aladdin. A little bit, yeah. But it's funny because that's not like you're not really being a con artist You're just being frugal. That's called being frugal. And okay. (laughs) But whatever. Buffy mentions it. The con is that his father's still paying for the meals. Right. And I don't get how that works either. Because wouldn't he just get the bill? This was years before either of us was in college. Yeah, that's true. Before computers became so prevalent. Yeah, I don't know how... I don't even know how meal plans worked when I was in college because I didn't use them. I just paid for whatever meals I ate directly instead of doing the meal plans because the meal plans felt like a ripoff. But anyway, also, you're like, hey, I don't have nearly enough student loan debt in my life. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he's found some way to keep the extra money and he's probably using it for booze and pot. And that's fine. 
Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get your jollies somehow, I guess. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Uh, we see that Xandra is visiting. Willow and Oz are hanging out in the cafeteria area. Buffy and Parker part ways. He's got other friends, which is probably a good sign. I don't know. Yeah. At least he's not, you know, immediately just glomming onto her and being that kind of creepo. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She gets enough of those. And so Buffy runs over to join the Scoobies and what fucking wait, what? Rex, did you notice? Like, like you guys, Xander totally just called them the Scooby gang for the first time in the series. It's actually not the first time I looked it up because I thought, was this the first time? Fuck! What was the first one? The first one was in I Only Have Eyes For You Part 1. Oh, we fucking missed it. We did. Son of a... Damn it. This is the first time, though, that he really calls them the Scoobies in full earnest. Okay. The first time he uses it, it's kind of like, oh, hey, we're kind of like the Scooby gang, guys. Okay. But this is the first time where he's like, we're the fucking Scooby gang. We're going to drop the hammer. Let's do this. Yeah, I was going to, I kind of remember them making a Scooby-Doo reference, but he didn't call them the Scoobies directly. This was definitely the the first true usage yeah and last episode he called them the avengers so all kinds of geeky references but the scoobies is the only one that really sticks yeah and xander xander be bored my friend he is feeling some giddy giddy feelings about taking on some demons (laughs) (laughs) so the exchange specifically is he asks about buffy's vamp action and she says, well, I did get jumped by a demon of non-specific origin last night. He's like, yeah, something apocalypse Do we need to assemble the Scooby gang? He's just like, oh, I got way too excited, didn't I? No, you just need to spend less time in the basement. And I'm like, eh, we don't need to be supporting that stereotype. Yeah, really. Yeah, way to perpetuate a stereotype, Buffy. I, I like this, though, the demon of non-specific origin. <laughs> like, can we abbreviate that to anything? Probably because it would it would abbreviate to like Donzo, but D- Donzo doesn't sound cool. Oh, I dealt with a Donzo today. You kidding me? Donzo sounds awesome. It's like Gonzo. I guess yeah, but with a D. That's a Muppet. I dealt with a Donzo today, and it's an awesome Muppet. Demon of no specific origin, non-specific origin, but Sorry, same non-specific origin. Same acronym. It's fine. So Kathy joins the table. Okay, it's bad enough she has to fucking iron her goddamn jeans, but this, you don't fucking barge in on a group of people like this. I don't care if you're roommates with one of them. This is about the rudest fucking thing she could have possibly done. I mean, you gotta make friends somehow. Just depends on whether or not you're charismatic enough to pull it off, and she's not. You walk up, you say hi to Buffy, and you say, oh, hey, can I join you guys? Yeah, she's a real sidler and a presumptuous one at that. She also takes a chair from another table without asking, like, hey, is anyone using this? Oh, man, fucking dynasties have risen and fallen over stealing chairs from tables. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. Specifically the Roman Empire. Not many people know this, but 
That's why they fell. The wrong person borrowed the wrong chair at the wrong time at an event. I honestly wish that like somehow we could like look and find out that that's actually the case. <laughs> that's so, like your opinion, man. So Buffy notices that she is that Kathy is wearing Buffy's sweater. This, okay, okay. Let the pettiness I, games begin. I have to bring this up because this is a thing that exists in the world in our quote society. It is one of my biggest fucking pet peeves ever. Society. Exactly. Harder quotes. We were actually kind of talking about this before. If you don't want somebody to use or take the thing, say so. It is not nice to lie to them and be like, oh, this is okay. Oh, yeah, you're not doing anybody any favors by lying about its okayness factor. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely no. Definitely not. Oh, God. Can't can't lie about that. No. Anyway, Kathy gets fucking ketchup on the sweater. Eat over your fucking plate, Kathy. Yeah, for starters. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh boy, did they make an ordeal over this fucking hamburger? <laughs> and I'm I like ketchup, and that was too much goddamn ketchup. It really was, and I I don't like ketchup, so it's like, uh. but it was just it was a perfect moment. They did the the three <laughs> shot zoom in on Buffy's eyes as she squints really hard, and it's like the games are on. Dun dun dun. Yeah, that. And so we cut back to the dorm. And let the passive-aggressive off begin. Yes. Wow. So Buffy's complaining on the phone to Willow, who's at a rave or some shit. No, it's just her dorm room. Yep. Because her her dorm mate is way worse than Kathy. (laughs) Well, you know, at least they turn out to be human. But anyway, so she hangs up just before Kathy comes back in from the bathroom. Uh... Of course, not forgetting to remind Buffy to log her calls as she hangs up. Buffy runs over to the tiny fridge to get some food, which apparently she didn't have any food in there. So I don't know why she was she was running an apple in the fridge. She took an apple out of her bag and put it in the fridge. Oh, she was putting an apple in the fridge. Okay, but anyway, so it's this fridge is just stuffed with all of Kathy's shit that she's gone out of her way to passive aggressively label with gigantic um, letters Kathy. She wrote Kathy on all of the eggs. Every individual egg. It was pretty amazing. So Kathy Floss is in bed. Now you're just being obnoxious on purpose, Kathy. (laughs) This is officially the moment where I'm like, all right, I'm on Buffy's side. (laughs) Fucking do that shit in the bathroom. Also, she's not even flossing right. No. You don't fucking use the sawing motion. That's how you fucking tear up your gums. It's up and down. What? You're supposed to floss up and down. That's why my gums bleed so much then. Yes. But also... Actually, like 95% of people don't floss, right? I feel like even more than that, don't floss at all. So... Well, of the people who floss, 95% of people don't floss right. Honestly, your gums are supposed to bleed when you floss. Uh Uh-huh. But not from the sawing motion. (laughs) 
Which is the other reason this shouldn't fucking be flossing in bed. But I mean, I I noticed that when I floss more often, my gums bleed significantly less. Yes. So it's probably not that big a deal, but still, you know, like plaque flicks everywhere. Like if you go to the fucking dentist and they floss your teeth, they're like really fucking wrenching and getting in there and shit. And it like it hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's how you actually are properly supposed to floss. Uh huh. If it's comfortable, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Giggity. So, (laughs) Buffy opens a window. Kathy picks up her book, which has gum underneath it. And she's like, who put this gum here? Buffy's like, I don't know. As she swallows her gum. They, they keep going back and forth between Kathy closing the window and Buffy opens the window. That doesn't quite come to a head here just yet. And then uh, Buffy lays down and has an eight-hour nightmare, presumably, about old blue eyes. Yeah. And wakes up to Kathy staring at her as she and says, Do you always make that noise when you sleep? I wouldn't know what the fuck noise it was. Well, for starters, come on, Kathy, you fucking snore. If you can't handle a little sleep screaming, then we're going to have to have a very candid conversation here. (laughs) We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is three mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny, what's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. So now we're in the UC Sunnydale Commons. Now, I just want to make sure that we're clear on this. We're in college now. Only uneducated pedestrians call it a lounge. So it is time to be as pretentious as the collegiate scholarly elite. It is Commons. Welcome to the Commons. Would you like to meet me in the Commons? So anyway, they're in a lounge. And... <laughs> It's uneducated pedestrians. It's the whole gang, the whole Scooby gang minus Sander. Buffy is telling them about her dream. Uh huh. And just as Giles is talking about the dream and being like, oh, we should interpret it, Kathy shows up and she's like, oh, you want to interpret my dream? I had this weird dream and then recites the same dream that Buffy had. Weird. And of course, Buffy's response is, oh, so she's stealing my dreams now? <laughs> yeah. It's not <laughs> weird to her at all that they're having the same fucking dreams. She's just pissed that Kathy's stealing her dreams. Her level of butt hurt is just too high to pay attention to anything else. I think it's the proper level of high, Rex. I'm not saying it isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying it's too high to pay attention to anything else. Okie dokie. Fun quote here. (laughs) When Buffy gets done telling them about her dream, Oz says, and she's like, oh, and the worst part uh, was that I woke up to Kathy staring at me. And Oz is like, well, actually, the worst part, (laughs) I'd have to go with the demon pouring the blood down your throat. Willow's like, yep, uh uh-huh, that, yeah, me too. I did like that Willow introduced Giles to Kathy as he's our grown-up friend. But not in a creepy way. <laughs> not in a creepy way. Um, well, now, see, I wasn't assuming anything before, but now I'm starting to get some ideas. And during the bit when Kathy is explaining her dream, Oz is like, and a Bloody Mary without the Mary? Oh. <laughs> I missed that. There's a lot of good little lines here. 
Yeah. Buffy kind of pushes Kathy off to class. Yep. So she ends up leaving with kind of a backhanded quip about someone keeping her up all night. So Giles postulates that he thinks something happened to both of them in the woods when they got attacked by the demon. Buffy, of course, can only focus on how much she hates Kathy. And so she's got to run off to class and all the Scoobies agree to research the dreams and see what demon might be related to that and keep an eye on Buffy. Harsh fucking thing Willow says. She compares Buffy to Cordy. Oh, yeah. Accurate, but harsh. Maybe Cordelia was just so mean because she was always sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she just had a really bad home life. Sleep deprivation fucks with you. Oh, yeah. I should know. I've had really bad insomnia all my life. Yay. Real quick cut to a campfire thing where demons doing a magic. The great self-harmonizing blue-eyed demons agree that she's the one. And it's time to summon the great one, Taparich, or some shit. Yes. <laughs> so we go back to the dorm where Buffy comes in and Parker is draped across Kathy's bed. Uh-oh. Is he naked? No, he's chatting to Kathy, fully clothed. Is he hitting on her? He is definitely. Uh, he's yeah. definitely doing some flirting. He, yeah, he's definitely, uh, he is not a picky man. They're talking about music and they're listening to the same fucking song. <laughs> God, I hate this episode solely because of that fucking song. Well, obviously, whoever wrote this episode also hated that fucking song. They they said to themselves and to the writing team, what's the most annoying song <laughs> that we can all agree on? And they picked this one. And here's my message to you, Mr. Anonymous writer. You're correct. We hate this fucking song. Stop playing it. I don't think he's anonymous. He's probably in the credits. Yeah, but we don't know which one suggested such a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, what goes on in a writer room stays in a writer room. You know, unless it gets written and put in a script that is then filmed. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Parker, Parker gives Buffy a bag of fucking Ziploc bags. Right? Isn't that thoughtful? <laughs> it really is thoughtful, though. I mean, it is. I still I can't get over how much Buffy's like getting all butt hurt that Parker was talking to Kathy here because obviously that's her man now. Buffy called dibs on him. You, Kathy doesn't get that. Nobody gets the studs but Buffy. You need to Buffy. understand that, Kathy. This is called <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not Kathy the Vampire Slayer. Keanu Reeves. It only counts if you lick it. Buffy hasn't licked Parker. You don't know she didn't. Uh, it's safe to assume she didn't lick Parker. There were several cuts there where we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't really see exactly what was going on in the angle. And she just very quickly, you know, darts her head over and licks the side of his face. I do that every day in public, Rex. Well, that explains a lot. I should probably be on lots of <laughs> records. <laughs> Oh, that's why we can't go to that one place. I'm the licking bandit, didn't you know? <laughs> that's why I'm advertising it on the internet. 
Licking Bandit, do you have to go, like, try and break into a house and get attacked by traps that a kid sets? No, but deer hate me because their salt licks <laughs> just go like that. <laughs> <laughs> now... <laughs> I gotta do something when I'm not in public, man. What would be the purpose? Like, okay, I'm, legit question here. The licking bandit. What would the <laughs> licking bandit gain from being the licking bandit? The taste of lots of random strangers. <laughs> What's there not to gain, Rex? <laughs> and I get to be highly inappropriate. <laughs> you do that anyway. All the time. <laughs> uh... Excuse me, I'd like a a decaf soy latte, and I'd like to lick that. Sir, you can't lick that. Oh, you're licking that. <laughs> I also licked you while I was at it. I thought I'd put my elbow in something wet on the counter. No, that was me. You need to get out way ahead of you. <laughs> the licking bandit has struck again. <laughs> oh, fuck. That kind of hurt. Uh, where the fuck were we? <laughs> uh, Buffy was just licking... Uh, right. She hadn't licked Parker, therefore Parker doesn't belong to her. So she was licking Parker. <laughs> no, she was not licking Parker. <laughs> Parker leaves and let the passive aggressive become actual aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they drop all pretenses right about now. Kathy and suggests that perhaps Buffy is spoiled. Things get ridiculous here. I'm dating. I, I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. But then we get the fucking ridiculous milk drinking scene. Because Kathy's like, it's share time, Buffy. She's like, oh, yeah, you want to share? Here, let's share. This is sharing. She <laughs> she grabs Kathy's whole carton of milk and just starts glugging it. And not careful at all about spilling it everywhere. I, I'm like, while this is hilarious, you do realize that that came out of a cow's tit, right? I like, mean, I like... Milk? So you know why this scene is gross, right? When Buffy spills the milk all over herself while guzzling it. It's because it's milk. It's oh, yeah. not because of the way she's doing it or any sound she's making or the fact that a food product is getting on her shirt. No, just milk is gross. And that shit's hard to clean out of the carpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun story. There was an elevator at my job that had a carpeted floor. And somebody dropped milk in the elevator. Oh. Just one of those little, like, 25-cent cartons of milk. That's all it takes. And that fucking elevator reeked so bad for so long, no matter how many times they fucking cleaned the carpet, that they had to gut the goddamn thing. The whole, not just the floor either, the whole fucking elevator. It had permeated into every surface of the elevator. Yikes. It was awful. And I had to take that elevator 
every fucking time I worked. <laughs> as long as we're doing Simpsons reference here. Right. References here. It was awful. So, cut to the hallway where Willow and Oz <laughs> are a little concerned. Yeah. Willow says something about Buffy getting visits from the Nightmare Fairy. And Oz is like, yeah, I'm against it. I didn't get the exact quote, but I thought it was funny. Check it out. Anyway, Oz agrees to go check on Buffy while Willow's studying. Because Willow really wants to be there to be a good friend. But she can't because it's college. And there's one thing I learned in college, and that's... You actually have to pay attention and start doing things diligently if you want to stay in college. And I liked her line here. She goes to open the door. She's like, well, if you need me, I'll be opens door at the library. (laughs) Because it's like a 24-7 fucking rave in there. Yeah, no shit. Cut to the street. So we cut to outside on campus where Oz is heading to go see... Buffy, and he has kind of a moment with some random girl. He makes strange eye contact with this random girl that's passing by. And then we see soldiers behind the trees sneaking around. It's a weird moment. Presumably the same soldiers or affiliated soldiers from the end of the first episode. Yeah. And then I thought they were going to come back to that in this episode, but they don't. So this is definitely a season arc moment. Yeah. And I like, because they're, they're hinting at two different things. And if you don't remember them, I'm not going to fucking spoil that. They're hinting at two completely different things here in one scene. And they don't fucking point it out. They don't go, look at this. Mm-hmm. We're foreshadowing. <laughs> like they did every other fucking season. Yeah. They actually managed good quality foreshadowing here. Mm, that's good foreshadowing. What is that the the original of that? Cuz uh, I was trying to think of that the other day and I couldn't fucking remember it. That's another Simpsons reference. Mm, that's good satire. That's where where I remember it from anyway. That might have been a reference to something else. I was trying to find that the other day, though, and I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. Yeah, I couldn't tell you which season it was. But anyway, Oz meets up with Buffy, and they're walking around doing the whole patrol thing. She's obviously complaining about Kathy the whole fucking time. Somehow mimes get brought up? Well, she's like, so yeah, she did this, and then I... I gave her the old one-two, and she does these oh, right, pun- right. punching motions. And Oz is, this is one of my quotes of the day. So Oz is like, so either you hit her or you did your wacky mime routine for her. And Buffy says, well, I didn't do either, actually. But she deserved it, don't you think? And Oz says, nobody deserves a mime, Buffy. <laughs> And then the next couple of lines are also mime derivative stuff. She's like, yeah, she deserves to get locked in an invisible box and blown away by the wind, but not really. And <laughs> and wear a, have to wear a stuffy leotard or something. And she's like, yeah. Anyway, so Oz suggests that maybe her ranting is scaring off potential demons. Buffy agrees and then continues ranting and breaks a bench. Oz is... Slightly uh, concerned. This is one of my quotes of the day. Okay. He's, she breaks the bench and he says, 
on a plus side, you killed the bench, which was looking shifty. Yeah. <laughs> so Oz is clearly concerned, and that's how we know something is definitely wrong. Yeah. So we cut back to the dorm. Things have come down to just a raging simmer. <laughs> Kathy is clipping her toenails, and they do that effect where every oh, clip is like God. slow motion. Boom. 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 Clipped a toenail, and it lands I, on the floor. Boom. I hate clipping nails. Okay. Like, I don't like when other people clip their nails. I don't like having to clip my own damn nails. Yeah. Like, I just... Me either. Something about it just... Uh, me. My I, toenails are eight inches long right now. <laughs> I don't even know how I get my shoes on. And of course, she has to play this fucking song again. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Buffy opens the window. Song. Kathy closes the window. Buffy puts on earmuffs, which don't do a whole lot. She puts on earmuffs to block out the song, but can somehow still hear Kathy crushing the shell of her hard-boiled egg. Oh, yeah. I'm like, and that wouldn't even really be all that annoying. But anyway, Buffy goes to bed. She's like, fuck it, I'm going to bed. And oh, God, scorpions, she has the dream again. Like, uh, I like how sudden they do the edit here. Yeah. Like, any of the moments where she... Like, the moment she goes to bed, she's in the dream. Uh-huh. That's, like, it makes it feel more intense. And I like that they did it that it's way. It's very intense. And then Kathy wakes with a start only moments later. Cut to the hallway. Next day. Kathy's talking to Willow. Buffy is staring daggers. I get why Buffy's pissed. Yeah. But, honestly... Buffy fucking knows that Kathy's the type of person that would walk up to Willow and Willow couldn't fucking do anything about it. Right? Willow had no fucking choice about that conversation. Seriously. Yeah, and it's not like Willow's ever gonna not ultimately take Buffy's side. Exactly. So Kathy leaves. Willow's basically like, Buffy, you really need to just kind of learn how to suck it up, buttercup. It's a very arcing theme for this episode. And uh, Buffy decides Kathy is evil and she's just going to have to kill her. Wait, wait, what? Holy shit, that escalated quickly. So, man, I, you know, I didn't think we'd ever get there, but it's about damn time. I wanted to kill her from the start. I think this is a great idea. I definitely did. She likes Celine Dion. I didn't need any other reasons. But now we have evidence. Her goddamn toenails have grown microscopically overnight. I think the funniest part here is that Buffy measured the toenails in the middle of the night in the amount of time that it took Kathy to go use the bathroom and come back. And then measured them again when she woke up in the morning. But yeah. wait just a gall damn second. I thought she laid down, had an intense dream for eight hours, and then woke up. When did she find time to wake up and collect the toenails? I suspect that she didn't actually go to sleep at that moment. Kathy went to the fucking bathroom. She collected the fucking toenails and measured them. And then she went to sleep. Well, that's just some creative editing there now, isn't it? It is. Buffy... It's a bit freaking nuts. It makes me think of the scene in the 1989 Batman movie when Michael Keaton go, goes, you want to get nuts? And s smashes something. Let's get nuts. 
<laughs> Everyone wants to get nuts. They're all nuts. Do you see how tall I am? I'm exactly 5'9". That's because I'm Batman, fuckers. Yeah, because I'm Michael Keaton. To be fair, he's six foot with the ears. 5'9", and I'm Michael Keaton, and I'm Batman. Go nuts, fuckers. That's my Michael Keaton impression. If Michael Keaton wanted to kick your ass, how badly would you fight back? I'm the same height as Rex Hansen, because I'm 5'9". If Michael Keaton wanted to kick your ass, how badly would you fight back? I fucking heard you, and not at all, because I'd be like, Oh, I'm getting my ass kicked by Michael Keaton! Oh! Well, no, I'd... I'd... And you know what? He'd probably be like, And no one would believe you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd I'd be like, Ow, that hurts! Hey, man, I'm not into that. Consent's important. Anyway. It is important. Yeah. Banana! So Buffy decides that she's going to kill Kathy. And in the conversation that Oz and Willa had with Giles in the commons, not the lounge, the commons. It's a lounge. (laughs) Whatever. Giles said, so, uh, you know, let me know when Buffy uh, and Oz finishes his sentence. He's like, hits the red zone. Uh, Yes. So is this red zone enough for you, Giles? She's red zoning all over the damn place. Something tells me it is because Willow calls Giles on a payphone and is like, Giles, I just talked to Buffy and I think she's feeling a little uh, insane. Uh, No, not bitchy crazy, more like homicidal maniac crazy. So I told her to come to you, okay? (laughs) And then they catch Buffy in a net. Yeah, and they tie her up. And they didn't even give her a safe word. Quote of the day here. While tying Buffy up, Xander says, Buffy, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Buffy says, not yet, but it will. (laughs) Xander says, oh, don't say that. (laughs) Oh, please don't say that. (laughs) He knows what kind of pain she can bring. Damn right. Yes, it's time to say guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. So Giles runs off to the magic shop for a quick anti-possession spell. And he uh, takes the toenails with him. Yep, he needs those. Oz and Xander guard Buffy cut back to the dorm where willow's trying to warn kathy to leave yeah kathy seems a bit unhinged herself wouldn't you say hmm wouldn't you say Rex? There, there's definitely bit? too much distance between the hinges a little bit unhinged yes they let i dare say those hinges are supposed to go horizontal not vertical hmm. <laughs> so willow gets a phone call in buffy's dorm answered by kathy so i'm just gonna let that one go and right. it's Oz. Yeah, and, and Oz is informing her that they caught Buffy. Yeah, which is enough for Willow to be like, hey, so Kathy, you know what? Why don't you stay right here, actually? It's completely unfair to ask you to leave your own room. The whole time during the scene, all I was imagining was Willow's basically going, no, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty everything's much. Everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's to be fair, that's pretty much Willow's entire personality. Cut back to 
Giles's place where Buffy's trying to convince Xander and Oz to let her go. She's trying to get out. And then Xander's like, uh, I don't, I don't think I tied those very tight. Yeah, great timing to have that thought. Way too late because she's already got the fucking ropes untied. The, she's just waiting. The fear that Xander and Oz express towards each other that they have to go over and check her bindings <laughs> is just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> They're like worse than a wild rabid dog. <laughs> they know they're in for some pain. If they get any fucking wear near her, absolutely. And guess what? She brings the pain. I mean, I don't understand why she couldn't have brought the pain before they got her bound up. But, I mean, she did. She made the right choice waiting for things to settle down. Oh, yeah. Either way, she played her cards well. So, she knocks Oz and Xander's heads together, which sounds painful. I can't imagine anything seeming more painful. Being knocked out like that is fucking movie bullshit like if you go unconscious from a head injury you have a serious concussion yes and likely brain damage good luck Um, so yeah buffy takes them out she takes off cut to the dorm where buffy shows up and they ditch the aggressive and just go for pure unadulterated violence yep the gloves are off and kathy's kind of a badass um, not just the gloves, Josh, but also the face, the whole goddamn face, <laughs> bring in Nick Cage and fucking John Travolta, John Travolta, because the faces are off. Well, one of them anyway, and that's all that's face really necessary. Oh, hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. <laughs> I loved that movie. Honest. I don't and care. No, honestly, not going to lie. That is probably in my top three Nicolas Cage movies. I don't care how bad everybody thought it was. That was a fun fucking movie. I don't think it was bad at all. It was hokey, sure, but it's fucking 90s. Yeah. So, (laughs) Kathy, as the newfound villain of the episode, divulges, of course, her entire plan was to borrow Buffy's soul so the other demons that are chasing her down would take Buffy back to their demon dimension instead of her because she's basically just a runaway and she wanted to go to college isn't that sweet someone didn't read the fucking evil bad guy handbook don't tell them your plan yeah yeah well honestly it wouldn't have really mattered because giles had already figured it out and was casting the counter spell so fair buffy has an excellent one-liner quip she says well thank god i won't have to watch you floss anymore what if Kathy wasn't a demon and Buffy pulled the face off? <laughs> I thought about that for a minute. <laughs> what if she was just like, oh, God, my face, your slayer strength tore my face off. But no, she was a demon. It was fine. <laughs> I don't think I could just get that out of my head. Well, we'll just uh, hook her up with Nick Cage. Everything will be fine. Okay everything's fine (laughs) we're gonna take my face off and then we're gonna put it on yours and we just need to get your face and put it on john travolta and we'll have (laughs) an awesome face off and we'll make it it'll be the sequel anyway 
Uh, real Kathy quick, off. cut to the demons around the campfire again. Kathy's face off is what we'll call it. Cut to the campfire with demons. Uh huh. Doing a magics. Doing a magic. They call about a dude. Uh, dude. Yeah. Back to the dorm. Where we learn why. That's when we learn why Kathy's doing the ritual. They're fighting. We get a little quick cut to Giles at the magic shop. And he's like, holy shit, she's a demon. Oh, he was at the magic shop. Yeah, because he was reading the book. And he's like, oh, uh, this is how these demons work. And yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to Giles's apartment where Oz and Xander wake up just as Willow shows up. And then Giles shows up shortly behind there. One of my quotes of the day, Xander says, ow, why couldn't Giles have shackles like any self-respecting bachelor? I just want to point out again for like the millionth fucking time. Buffy was right from the fucking beginning. I knew you were going to say that. They still have... It's We're at season four and they still haven't fucking figured it out. Yeah, we are four-sevenths of the way through the damn series and Giles still has not learned. But, I don't know. He Trust actually, Buffy's instincts. To be fair, he did actually check on the toenail clippings. He didn't just say, oh, right. that's crazy talk. Right. Which actually kind of leads me to believe that Buffy wasn't completely talking out her ass about the toenail clippings. And she had previously learned that toenail clippings growing after being cut off was a demon thing. Sure, but they played it like she was crazy because it was part of the subversion of the episode. And that's fun. So Giles starts, he gets to the spell cast and right away and informs everyone that Buffy was right. Oz and Xander run off to help Buffy with Kathy. And we cut back to the dorm where they're still fighting. Then apparently Kathy doesn't need the rest of the actual rituals. She can just try to steal the soul. But just as she's trying to steal the soul, Willow and Giles come through with the spell and reverse it. And the soul, rather than going from Buffy to Kathy, goes from Kathy to Buffy. Yeah, that's some impeccable goddamn timing there. And then Kathy's dad shows up. So first of all, some guy, they cut to the hall. Some guy sticks his head out his dorm's door right next door. And he's like, can you guys keep it down? People are trying to study. Like anyone heard your dumbass through the fucking door. Yeah, that was the annoying part about that. It's like, dude, nobody can hear you. Uh, There's crashing and screaming and grunting going on in there. Yep. But also, so Kathy grabs Buffy's face and she's like, open up, let me finish. And I'm like, whoa, freezing. <laughs> like giggity. The, the hall, giggity indeed. The hallway is already filled with sounds of grunting and crashing. And people might think you're having sex. And that would just be embarrassing. We want to keep that down a notch, okay? We should be ashamed of the sex. Always, says who? Always be ashamed of the sex, says the Protestants and the Catholics, and they never agree. I'm neither one of them. Well, then you're just wrong. No, I'm a heathen. Are you Thank a, you very are much. You a Catholic like heathen being... or a Protestant heathen? No, I'm just a heathen. Yet, yeah, but are you Catholic or Protestant heathen? Neither. Well, then you're fucking doing it wrong. A daily, daily do. <laughs> Technically, at one point in time, I was Baptist. 
Nobody cares, Rex. Why are we even talking about this? So You started it! With impeccable, nay, impossible timing, Giles finishes the spell just as Kathy is opening her mouth to suck the rest of Buffy's soul out. And then rather than sucking, she blows. Yep. It, it <laughs> she gives her the old suck and blow. I think they call that a snowball. Ah, that just... That just got... That's too dirty. It's highly inappropriate. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said earlier, her dad shows up. Yep. And he takes her home, and they have this hilarious conversation <laughs> in ancient demon speak. Taparich says, in his demon voice, of course, which is sometimes... <laughs> but what he's actually saying hey, I did is... a voice! There you are. Do you have any idea how much trouble you're in, young lady? <laughs> Kathy says, I'm not going back! Tapperich says, don't take that tone with me. I'm 3,000 years old. When are you going to stop treating me like I'm 900? (laughs) Really, guys? At least they commit to the hokiness. I got to respect that. Oh, God, yes. Holy hell. So a vortex to another dimension opens up in the floor. Kathy falls in. Tapperich, her father, jumps in after her. They basically just flushed themselves in the floor. They they really did. (laughs) And then we cut to like, I guess the next day or like a couple of days. I thought of it as the next day, definitely. uh, Where Willow's moving in. Yeah, they made quick work of that. But, you know, I'm sure they don't care. Fastest wrap up of an episode ever. Yeah. In the admin office, they're like, oh, you two want to be roommates? Great. Sign here. Now get the fuck out of my face. I said, get the fuck (laughs) out (laughs) of my face. So, yeah. Uh, Willow apologizes for doubting Buffy. Uh, Buffy's like, you know, I think I'm pretty easy going. As Willow grabs Buffy's sandwich and death ray eyes happen. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) hi mr donut man how are you today i hope you're not here to kill me (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, that's that's another good pull ger arg ger fucking arg is this for me i must be ready i need my strength strength I hated this episode. I'm just going to come fuck asking the question. I hated this episode. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? <laughs> I hated it. I, I enjoyed the concept of this episode. I liked what they did with the episode. I did not necessarily care for the execution. Or I'm sorry. I liked what they were trying to do with the episode. I did not necessarily care for the execution. Yeah. I get it. You're trying to build the scene. But why do you have to keep fucking playing that song? (laughs) 
Yeah, once probably would have been enough, huh? Yeah, seriously. I mean... At, at the very least, have her, like, walk over to the fucking player and hit play, and you play, like, a note of it. But no, we had to hear the fucking line of, do you believe in love, over and fucking over again. They want you to experience Buffy's pain. <laughs> And they did a good job of it. This is a goddamn TV show, not fucking feel a vision. <laughs> I feel like episode two is just a doomed episode for any season ever. What was episode two last season? I don't fucking know. <laughs> because it's a doomed episode. Because they're just like spitballing just trying to generate ideas for the season and they're like all right all right so where are we it's just so so we're not in the high school anymore we're in college what what can we what can we do now i don't know maybe her roommate's a demon her teacher's a demon everybody's a fucking demon yeah let's do that cool we got this guys you get a demon you get a demon everyone, everyone gets, gets a demon, demon. yeah I, th I think it really didn't matter what they did or what we did with this episode it's gonna get glazed over yeah and like for fuck's sake if you watched the first episode of season four you're gonna watch the second episode of season four and the third and the fourth and the fifth and so on probably what's your quote of the day rex uh, you had to ask me i did it's called format asshole <laughs> I'm going to have to say that my quote of the day I'm going to give to Oz. Quotes of the day are kind of harder to come across when we don't have Xander around. And I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Xander wasn't really there for this episode in quite the same level as everyone else. All right. But my quote of the day goes to Oz for, on a plus side, you killed the bench. Which was looking shifty. <laughs> because two reasons I, I want that to be my quote of the day. First, it's fucking clever. It's hilarious. But it's also... Something about the timing was just spot on. Yeah. The timing's fucking perfect. But more importantly, it is a person who is using humor to deflect from a situation where they're fucking scared. <laughs> That's called levity. He is scared because, like, that could have been his torso. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> huh. Like, how do you deal with a, a slayer who just randomly starts breaking shit? You deal with humor. Definitely. What's your quote of the day? I got to give mine to Oz, too. This was a fantastic episode for Oz quotes. It really, really was. He had all the good ones. And it's from the same scene. Buffy says... Well, I didn't do either, actually, but she deserves it, don't you think? Oz says nobody deserves a mime, Buffy. Oh, that was second. That was second to me. Like I almost picked that one. I do have two runner-ups that I do want to mention. Okay, uh, Xander's line. Ow! Why couldn't Giles have shackles like any other self-respecting bachelor? And Kathy's line. I'm three thousand years old. When are you going to stop treating me like I'm nine hundred? That is a really good line. Yeah. And I feel like I was so at the, by the time that line came up, I was so just burnt out. Uh-huh. I just, the relativity, the irony, everything yeah. about it, just hilarious. 
Uh, it was just such a hokey episode. Yeah. I thought it, it had a lot of fun parts, but it definitely felt like a throwaway episode. Definitely. I enjoyed that they at least spanned Kathy across two episodes. They normally don't do that much. That is true. For a monster of the week. That is true. That And that was nice. This felt like the kind of episode that would come from season two. <laughs> it didn't seem like the kind of par that we would expect by this point, you know? It'll pick up. It was the 90s. I know. There's 22 episodes per damn season. I guess I'm just worried that I recall not particularly liking the fourth season, and I'm worried that I'm not going to like the fourth season. It's another five or ten years before... Uh, TV shows started picking up the habit of going with quality over quantity, and we're just not there yet. And that's why this show broke the mold, is because it was quality and quantity, but it still suffered from the quantity. Anyway, this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. That's our favorite thing. Other ways to support us are purchasing our merchandise. You can head on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com. We have t-shirts, mugs, a hoodie, and stickers. You can also head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com if you'd like to buy us a beer or just help with our monthly expenditures. You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can always leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that number. And as always, thank you very much to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu fucking speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. Instead of which you would enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>